Welcome to Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You. And trust me, there's a lot of it. I'm Kathy. And I'm Meredith. And we're experts on teens. Yes, that's actually a thing. We've worked as college admission officers, prep school administrators, and have coached and mentored thousands of teens in our lifetimes. When it comes to teens, we've seen it all. Teens can be wild and wonderful all at once, but they can also frustrate the hell out of you. The good news is that we speak teen. So join us every week as we drop knowledge and interview teens and other experts to help you gain valuable insight into your teenager's world. Because parenting is hard AF, but we've got your back. Okay. Hi, Meredith. We're back again with another episode. And we're switching gears a little bit back to college stuff because college decisions are coming out like we should probably say it's mid-march it's mid-march we don't know when this episode is going to get released but we're going to make it release earlier rather than later Mm. so uh i take back all the stuff that i said about not doing college stuff because well, who knows when this is getting released. But the point is, college admissions <laughs> decisions. Rough start, girl. Rough start, rough start. That's all right. College admission decisions are coming out, and students are starting to hear back. Yes. And a lot of people are probably wondering, like, if you have never been through this process mm. before, or mm-hmm. the last time you went through this process is when you were. If you went to college, If yeah. you went to college, right? Things have changed. And so how do you think about, the like, what are the next steps? Right. Mm-hmm. What are some of the practical next steps? What are some ways to think about how to choose a college, how to share your news with folks, like mm-hmm. all sorts of mm-hmm. considerations that you might be thinking about for the first time in a long time. So let's start. Let us let, let us, us begin. Let us begin. So I'll let you kick us off with receiving news well. Yes. What does that look like? What does receiving how news does well? Receiving news well what does that mean? What does that look like? And yeah. I think we should make a distinction or not make a distinction, but say that when I say news, we mean when you receive, when your child receives news that they were accepted into schools, that's good news. And when your child receives news that they were denied or waitlisted um, or deferred or otherwise mm-hmm. have a, a decision that wasn't their hoped for outcome. Yep. And I would say most people get both. Absolutely. Most yeah. People let's just get, normalize that for a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Unless you took all of our advice and only put no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. It definitely is a mixed bag. That would be very normal. Yep. For for folks going through the process. So let's talk about when you get good news. When you get news from um, when your child gets news that they got into maybe one of their top choices, and they're so excited, and you're so excited. I think there's first and foremost, there's a decision to be made about where and when you're actually going to look up a decision. Um, Oh, yeah. That's a big one. It's a big one. Okay. Social media is horrible. Yeah. Because I keep seeing like- For so many reasons. (laughs) For so many reasons, but especially around this college process because there's so many social media videos that are Mm. like kids surrounded by like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 50 of their- high school friends looking like at yeah. and and celebrating with them. So it seems like a joyous thing. Yeah. Right? Like, guess what? The people who got bad news aren't posting those on social right. media. Right. <laughs> right. Like, don't do that. Please don't do that. So I, I don't think like that. your child deserves to determine 
um, or have a, some influence over how they look up the decision. So let's say you know that a school is going to release at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time when you're on a Tuesday, so your kid's in school. Have a conversation with them beforehand saying, you know, what would, you know, would you be okay waiting until you come home? If you're not okay with that, what's a private space at school that you might be able to check that decision? If you get good news, how would you like to share that with whom? Let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. If you receive news that makes you upset, you know, who are you going to call? You know, coming up with a plan in advance. Now, you'll notice I'm starting to like allude to privacy because <laughs> I think that is really important that yeah. first and foremost, a child's college list is really no one else's business, but that child's, their counselor, and probably the family. You are not under any obligation to share where you got in, um, your children for them to share where they got in or where they didn't get in. Parents, do not share your child's college news without checking in with your child. Mm -hmm. That includes other relatives, people who are really close. Give your child the opportunity to tell you who they want to know yep. what. Give them some ownership Absolutely. of their it's, own process. It's their news to share. It's not your news. It's their news to share. I know, right? It's so easy to lose sight of that, especially when you're excited and happy for your kid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And when you're excited and happy for your kid because your kid has just received word that they got into one of their top schools, they're so excited. They're like, can't wait to shout it from the rooftops. That's your job to say, oh, don't do that. Uh, let's celebrate in a muted way. Let's make, let's remember that the, you know, the school where your child maybe got into a whole bunch of children didn't get into, or your child's, you know, likely or safe option that they're kind of lukewarm excited about that they just got into is somebody else's reach school. So yeah. It's really important to absolutely celebrate, have a nice dinner at home, you know, call grandma and grandpa, but to be modest like I don't know if that's the right word to be thoughtful about that's considerate considerate of mm -hmm. others and considerate of their friends and considerate of you know not posting everything not on social media yeah. just to be polite and respectful about it yeah and I, I think that also dovetails nicely with this all the conversations that you're just having in general with other parents who are going through the process so like maybe not asking like I'm so I'm not Mm. You know, having been a college counselor, I'm so sensitive to that now that yeah. when my when I have friends with children going through the process, yeah. I, do, I actually don't ask. Talk about something else. I actually do not ask until they want to share. And usually they will share at some point, right? Like it, I, I want to know because I'm nosy. <laughs> like, let's be real. I do want to know because I'm nosy. And plus, I, I care about my friend and yeah, I, I yeah. love their kids, right? Like right. I've known their kids since they were little. And so I'm excited for them. So I want to know, oh my God, did so-and-so, you know, did your did right. ex-child get into? What happened? Yeah, what happened? And I have caught myself multiple times this year because I'm actually at the age now where a lot of my friends actually have friends going to college. Mm -hmm. I have kids going to college that I'm like, oh, I want to ask, but I'm not going to. Yeah. I want yeah. to text, but I'm not going to. And I think also let's talk about when your child receives news that is upsetting. Mm -hmm. When they don't get into a school that they had really hoped for, or maybe let's complicate it further. They get into a, they get denied from a school that for whatever reason you thought they should have gotten into, mm -hmm. um, you know, how do you help your child respond to that news in healthy ways? 
So I think the first and foremost is to remind them that, you know, hopefully you've been having a lot of conversations throughout this whole previous year about the fact that it is very normal for students to get accepted to some colleges and denied from others. That yeah. that's actually normal. That's a normal outcome. There's no, that doesn't mean anything's wrong. That it's not personal. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's personal. It's happening to your child. So I know that's easy for me to say. And there's a whole universe of factors that go into admission decisions. And it is not a referendum on your child's worthiness if they don't get into X college. Right, right. What would you so, add to that? So one of the things that I just I just wrote a blog post on this for Village. Um, one of the things that I, I, well, a couple of things. One is not like doing the thing that your kid is doing. So like not doing the thing. That so your like if your kid doing. if your kid doesn't get in and they're like my life is over. Oh. This is the worst thing oh, that yeah. could ever happen. Like don't yeah. get don't don't get caught up in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah, right having being the person like being steady and calm and being the voice of reason right. is right. really important because I've seen parents lose themselves mm-hmm. in their child's disappointment in getting bad news, right? And like looking to blame. Yes. Looking for ways to fix. How do we change this outcome? Who do we need to call? Who, Who do, do we need call? to write? Who do what Let me needs to an angry yeah, yeah. email How do we appeal? college counselor? Right. How do we appeal? Right? Like not mm-hmm. immediately going to that right. place. There might be a reason to pursue some other avenues, right? right? For a clarification or for whatever reason, but right. like not right away. No, not right away. Right. Like in those moments, I think what your kids need from you more than anything else, just like any time a friend comes to you with a yeah. disappointment, right, yeah. is that they just need to be heard and like. They just need love. Yeah. They need to be They're heard. A tough moment. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like I know it, it's this is so disappointing. Yeah. I totally get how disappointed you are. And this this sucks. I get it. And we still love we're you. And, we, okay. and we're going to be OK. We still love you. We believe in you. And we, and we don't think that your life is over, you know, like. Actually, we think that you're great in lots of ways. Mm-hmm. And so my one of my points on my blog post was also writing a letter, like before decisions come out. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Or like having it ready so that your kids know that the letter isn't in response to a mm-hmm. disappointment. Mm-hmm. That it's like even before the decisions came out, like you already spent time writing about uh, writing all the things that you think are great about your yeah, kid. Yeah, oh, I love that. Do you? Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I don't. It's not my idea. I saw I read something. A parent. I've doing heard this. that before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, I didn't make that up. But I think it's great. I think kids really appreciate it. And it just keeps the focus on the right things. One. And it's also like because teenagers can be awkward about like getting praise sometimes from their parents. Yeah. Like they get all. <laughs> like, oh, this makes me uncomfortable. Only Stop. you all can see the face that goes along with that expression. <laughs> so great. But like, you know what I'm talking about? Like being able to just give them that letter and be like, just read this when you have a moment. This is actually how we feel about you and your future. And it's all going to be okay. Right? So I think that's that's huge. I think not losing yourself in your kids' emotions. Right? And feeling the need to come in and rescue. Being and, looped by those. Right. Yeah. That's great advice. I love that. Let's talk about, though, the the family, perhaps, who has difficulty moving past decisions that they perceive didn't break in the child's favor. Mm-hmm. I know this has happened to you. It's happened to me a lot. Well, we're not happy with any of the schools that so-and-so mm-hmm. 
with any of our schools. By the way, if you start noticing you're use, using plural possessive pronouns for your child's college process, that's a big clue. That you're you might, doing, you're you little, might need to take a step back. Yeah, you might, you might be a little too involved. <laughs> might be a little over too invested. close. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we're going to just reapply next year. Yeah. That's probably not going to work. That's, why? I mean, there's... Explain to the people why that might not work. I think... <laughs> Heavy there's so many, I have many thoughts about this. Well, let's talk about just the practical reason why this isn't going to work is because no college is... I mean, without more work from another institution, that college is just going to look at your child's exact same application. The exact and, same record that got them denied. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. the same record, same decision, right? They're not going to be like, this year it looks good. <laughs> right. That's not going to change. changed. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that's that's not going to happen. And right. as a matter of fact, a lot of colleges will actually not let you reapply under those circumstances, Correct. right? They will tell you, you need to go do X many units somewhere else and apply as a transfer student. I actually talked to an Ivy League college that I won't name uh, at a college fair at the national conference this past year. And I asked about transferring and he was like, unless your kid is, unless the kid that you're talking about is in the military mm. or is a non-traditional transfer student, we will not look at their application pretty much. And I was like, thank you for being very clear about honest. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, no, it's not, it's not as simple and straightforward as just reapplying and taking a gap year and like doing like some volunteer work or internship and then reapplying. Right. That's not helpful uh, or it's not going to happen. But the other part that I think is not helpful in that is that like part of our job as adults who are helping kids through this process is to help them focus on the reality, right? Of what's happening instead of yes. like, pr like trying to figure out how to gain. Trying to create like a false reality. Right. Right. Exactly. It's like, let's live in reality land. <laughs> <laughs> and like not in a mean way but just like okay but here here's what's actually Let's happening reality and all the good things that are part of your reality as yes. well right like how do we help kids accept where they are right what the decisions are because they think the instinct when you're disappointed is to be like this this can't be true <laughs> right like denial right right the denial denial and bargaining right right Thank There's a lot of stages of grief that show up in this process. <laughs> and those are the two, the, yeah, anger is going to show up let's too, get, for let's sure. Let's get to acceptance. Yeah, let's help them get to acceptance. Let's help them get to acceptance. That's really your job is to help them get to acceptance and to help them and to always keep in the, the center of your focus that who your kid is, is is not where they go to college. We've said that before. There's actually a book that yeah. we've referred to that many times to. <laughs> on this and podcast. your child can be happy, I repeat, your child can be happy and thrive at any, like at so many different kinds of wonderful institutions, including some of the ones that they may not initially be all that excited yeah, by. Yeah. 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 This is what, you know, I'll harken back to our building a college list episode mm -hmm. where harken. we're like, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> where we're the building a list college uh, building a college list episode where we're like you know it's really important to like your likelies like this is why this is why yeah this now we're like, at the point where we're, we're like oh see we usually wish you really wish you like your likelies because if you did and had seen one and saw that all the kids are actually very normal and nice and smart you would be like oh i'm gonna be fine there is this weird sort <laughs> of like 
uh, exceptionalism, this sort of attitude of exceptionalism uh-huh. that can happen in Very the college so. process Very where you're, so. you hear the data, you hear your child's college counselor saying that their list is too ha- top heavy, but you're so enamored with your kid and all of their wonderful virtues. You can't really accept that. You can't really accept that like this could happen to them. They could get strike out if they only apply to reach schools. Mm-hmm. Right. And I see there's just a lot of rude awakening. So it's another kind of reminder to please listen to what your college counselors are saying at your child's school. Mm-hmm. If they're saying your list is too top heavy, that means your child's list is too top heavy. It means that they're going to get a lot it of means rejection they're gonna get letters. A lot more no's yep. than not. And, and it's so not because mean, they don't believe in your kid. They believe in your kid. They just know the, the data. They know the data. And, yeah. and there's data also that they won't be able to know until decisions come out. For example, Northeastern's admit rate dropped this year, like seven, 8%, oh, which is Lord. pretty precipitous for a one <laughs> cycle, right? Yeah. You know, in admission speak. So no one had any way of knowing that. And that's due to a number of factors. They over-enrolled the previous year, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. So if that child thought Northeastern landed on a certain place in their list in terms of selectivity, and then they got denied, right? Like that happens. Kids do get denied from likely schools or safety schools. And, you know, for many students, Northeastern is a reach school, right? So it's just, you got to keep that balance list in mind because what sounds like a good idea in October can feel not so great at this time of year. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So I love being exactly right. Uh, okay. Well, let's say those, that muddy water has cleared and now the child is sort of, and the family is in this position of having a few options to choose between and what would be some advice? You know, how does a child actually pick the school that they're going to go to? You pick the most selective school that you got into, and then you're done. Oh, great. So the short I like, episode. Uh, yeah, that's Perfect. it. <laughs> Perfect. You, you look at U.S. News and World Report. Yeah, you mean. circle the one that has the lowest. It's like a golf score. Yeah. I'm we're, being facetious. We're joking, everybody. We are, we are joking. I am being facetious. And I think a lot of parents actually, the families, kids, yeah. do do that. They just look at the most selective school that they've gotten into and they're like, well, that's the school I'm going to, obviously, right? I know. It's a bummer. I know. And I would challenge you to challenge that impulse. (laughs) I challenge you to look more, more closely at the decision in front of you and think about, like, there are lots of options to get to know schools better. That's mm-hmm. definitely an opportunity you should take advantage of because now the schools are going, the tables have turned, right? You've been trying to woo the schools and be like, oh my God, like it starts out with colleges wooing you to get you to apply. Yep. And then you woo the colleges. You're like, please admit to, me, please admit get, me. Yep. And now you're admitted. They're back to wooing you, right? So now they're going to roll out the red carpet, go to the student admit days. Even mm-hmm. if you have to miss school senior year, it's not that big of a deal. This is like your next chapter in life. Yeah. Right. And you got to be thoughtful about it and collect data and not just look at a school's TikTok account, like what a lot of my kids are like, do the read the Reddit page. I'm like, just go. I know. I know. That's what everybody does now. But anyways, like actually go to the school, get a feel like you probably get to spend the night with the student. Right. Yeah. And actually get a closer look at and feel for the student experience. And it's a good opportunity for you to reflect on like, what do I want my home to look like for the next four years? Where am I going to thrive? Right. Like, Mm. where am I going to find my people? How am I going to learn best, right? Like I always thought big schools, but now maybe a small school feels, a smaller school feels better or 
vice versa, right? Yeah, I think like, first of all, I think you said a very important word, home. Yeah. This isn't just going to be where your child goes to school for the next four years. This is going to be their home. This is where they're certainly studying and learning Mm -hmm. and going to class, but also where they're eating and sleeping and making friends and losing friends and maybe being in relationships or not, right? It has to be sort of an environment you're choosing rather than just a, an academic program, hopefully. And if you're not, you know, I think revisiting is great if you can, if time, if finances allow for that, but if you're not able to do that, or that doesn't make sense for some reason, I still think there's lots of ways to make a thoughtful decision between the schools to which your child's been accepted. So first and foremost, I'd say revisit those, the reasons why those schools were on your list in the first place, right? Hopefully they landed on the final cut list because there were some academic, environmental, personal, social reasons that were drivers, you know, needs or wants that your child had and revisit those. Are those still their needs and wants? Cause you know, kids change, their opinions change and which of the school's might match those the best. And how do you know that? You know, you can look things up online. You have admitted student programs, you know, those colleges hit the road again and sometimes travel mm-hmm. or they have alumni groups mm-hmm. that host receptions still, in your have, area. They'll have virtual programs still. Yeah, yeah. they'll have virtual programs. Mm-hmm. So make it your business, even if you're not physically able to go revisit a school to, again, first and foremost, revisit the kind of characteristics that drove the decision to apply in the first place check in with your child on whether or not those needs and wants are still kind of true or if they've evolved in some way, and then take that sort of evolved list and start comparing and contrasting between the schools. And this presumes some things like, right, if obviously if finances are a big driver in the decision-making process, then that's going to, that might narrow your choices pretty quickly. Yeah, that was actually what I was going to say. Like, for me, I think that was a huge deciding factor for my family. Like, where was I going to get the biggest aid package? Same. And so that pretty much landed me at USC because I got the best aid package there. And I actually hated it mm. <laughs> my first two years. I actually really did not like it at all. And interesting. And it worked out fine. Like it was another, you know, like when we go back to our resilience, you know, talks that we have yeah. all the time. Like I think it was an, a chance for me to f- make something work that wasn't perfect. Right. Oh, I love that you're saying that yeah. because maybe take the pressure to make the perfect decision right. out of this right. construct a right. little bit. Yeah. Like what I tell parents a lot of times is like, kids are resilient. They'll figure it out. Yeah. Right. They yeah, can be yeah. unhappy for a semester <laughs> or yeah. two. Like I was unhappy for pretty much like four semesters. And then I was so unhappy that I flunked out of college. And then I was like, well, I can make a choice now to go back to college. And am I going to go back to USC? And I did. Right. Yeah. Like once I chose it, I was like, oh, okay. I, I like it now <laughs> because I picked it. Yeah. Right. So like, I think that like agency piece, letting your kids have a choice makes a big difference. Yeah. And also like taking some of the pressure off being like, you know, it's not going to be perfect. It's and not, that's no okay. No school is perfect. Your, your child is not going to be happy every single day of college, regardless of which, which school they pick. Right. Right. No matter if, if it was their top number one choice that they thought was yeah. their dream school. Right. It It's not, it's just like, you know, like when you think about, uh, you know, if you're, if you're married and you're, you know, you're, you married this person, even though you knew it was going to be imperfect, <laughs> like you knew that wasn't good. Every day wasn't going to be happy hunky dory, but you know, you'd get through it. Right. And so I think that's the same for kids when they're picking colleges, like lower the expectation and being like, you know what, it's not going to be perfect and it's going to be hard. And there's going to be days that you wish you didn't pick the school. 
You know, you're reminding me of something in this really like precious time where children are deciding and they're kind of, they're gathering more intel. They're kind of doing their recon. You're reminding me of uh, just, this is a piece of advice that I would recommend. Don't have too many cooks in their kitchen. Yeah. Don't have too many folks weighing in, you know, uncle so-and-so's got an opinion. Your best friend's got an opinion. You're sharing your opinions all the time. Or so-and-so's brother sister brother sister you want to talk to so, so well they went to the school that, that you're going school, to we can, you know we, we yeah 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 because your children are again we want to encourage graduated levels of independence and part of that is them learning how to make this decision by gathering good intel and evaluating and securing resources from that intel so help them with that, right? Make yourself available to sort of support that. But they don't need to like feel like every time there's family dinner on Sunday, they're going to get grilled. Yeah, yeah. Because they're in a very precious time. You know, what are you thinking now? Well, did you look at this? Did you read this blog? Yeah. It That's just a lot. Yep. You know. They have until May 1, by the way. <laughs> they have time. And I tell kids all the time. I was like, take all the time you need. Yeah, let the, let the colleges Let the colleges sweat it out and wait. Too bad. They get to wait. And just so you know, like just a little like side note on this, you you really shouldn't deposit at more than one school. No, don't do that. That's not cool. Yeah. Why isn't that cool, Meredith? Well, it's not cool uh, for a lot of reasons. I mean, you've signed an application that says you're going to approach this process with integrity, and that's mm-hmm. not an integrity filled move. You're taking up a spot potentially for someone who really wants that spot. I think that's probably mm-hmm. my number one reason why that's really not cool. It's a it's kind of a it's a pretty selfish move, I would say. Yeah. And we have to make decisions in life. And this is hard. This is a little tough love, but it's unlikely that two schools are going to be exactly alike, and if they are, sometimes we just need to pick. We need to yep. gather as much information as we can and make a, as well-informed a choice as we can. But the solution to having two options you really like isn't to prolong indecisiveness. <laughs> right. That just stresses kids out. Right, right. I would, that's a huge, like, it actually is more stressful. You think you're helping totally. them out by giving them more time, but actually it's way more stressful. And, you know, colleges will find out about that stuff and they can be, there can be consequences to that. Yeah. It's not a good move. It's not a good look. do talk to each other. (laughs) Yeah. I would also do this thing with kids. I don't think this is a good way of just like making decisions in life, but I would have seniors. I was a senior dean for over a decade at the school that I worked at. So I knew a lot of seniors, not not all of which I was college counseling. Yeah. But many seniors would show up in my office around early April. Yeah. Kelly Jen! (laughs) I can't decide. And I actually think it's a great place to be in when you have like multiple schools that you're psyched about. What a good problem to have. Yeah. What a good problem to have. I can't decide. I'm at this school or this school. Like, and then we'll weigh out the pros and cons and we'll do the thing and the thing. And one of the things I would do is I would get out my coin and I was like, let's do a coin flip. (laughs) Just for fun. Like, let's say, you know, X schools heads, this other Y schools tails. And let's just do a little gut check. And sometimes it would actually really work for kids. And sometimes it didn't. Sometimes they're like, I feel exactly the same. I'm like, okay, fine. Well, it didn't work. But we would do that just to do a little gut check. Like, okay, if I flip the coin and you have to go to the school, how do you feel? Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because sometimes the pro-con list isn't going to help you figure it out. I have kids with very sophisticated (laughs) pro-con lists. I actually have a very sophisticated pro-con list, which I'm happy to share with you all, that 
kids will fill out and they'll still be like, this school weighs more, but has like in the end, it gets the higher score. But like, I'm a person for whom a pro con list would just tie me further into knots. Right. I I feel the same way. I'm this, I don't do pro con list. I'm a very gut feeling person. I'm like, where's my gut say? What does my gut tell me? Mm, yeah no I still do them (laughs) (laughs) do you still I don't I don't I do I do I yeah I think that's really it is a good problem it's a great problem to have when you've multiple and just celebrate any any acceptance to a college with your child yes celebrate them all celebrate the hell out out of it because that's such an accomplishment yeah you know be just as proud of them getting into their like their likely option as you are getting into their reach option that is so important yeah it's it's a good reminder around the language that we use during this entire process because it always kind of makes me like wince a little bit when i hear a kid or a parent say well that's a safety school and i'm like "Mm, nobody don't don't use that word not a likely or safe option for a whole host of students and you're sort of attaching level of selectivity with quality of experience which is not a correlation that you can make and we've already you know belabored that point many times (laughs) yeah we won't again i'm happy to do it again (laughs) no i won't i'll spare you all um but yeah well i think part of why this important this decision feels so important is because this is one of the teachers that used to work at the school I worked at used to say, you know, like in the United States, he was an American. He was saying in the United States, there's not a lot of rites of passage mm-hmm. from childhood to adulthood. Mm-hmm. And our biggest rite of passage is going to college. Yeah. Like that's like, you are an adult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now it is official because you have gotten to college. Right. And he was like, if you had more rites of pa- if we, he felt like as a culture, if we had more rites of passage, like this process would lose some of it's like oomph and so much energy gets put around it because it is kind of like the thing yeah and it wouldn't be nice if we you know i also think if you're the parent of a child pursuing something that's not a traditional for your child's pursuing totally not a traditional four-year school straight out of high school celebrate the shit out of that too yeah that's so important that there's so many pathways into adulthood and pathways to success and pathways to good professions they don't have to look exactly the same but when you were talking earlier it was reminding me of some I was just trying to think back to when I was in schools and behaviors that would be really challenging for me you know if your child gets into a school it'll be very tempting to you know immediately want to like say buy them a bunch of swag okay mm-hmm. here's a here's your sweatpants a sweatshirt <laughs> a headband a keychain <laughs> a sock earrings whatever the whole thing you got more and then <laughs> I do car decals and then mom of decal um you know and let's say they find out on a tuesday and they roll up to school on wednesday uh while other students are still waiting to maybe hear from that school and a whole bunch of other oh schools, yeah yeah and yeah. they're outfitted head to toe i know and you're like but we didn't post it on social media it's no like, you just well, you were you, you just shout you, you know posted in real on life your body media. yeah yeah don't do that you know, and I and I I've had conversations with parents who've pushed back when I've sort of mm, gently tried to right ask them to tone it down. And they're like, well, we want to celebrate, and our why can't we be proud of our child, et cetera, et cetera. It's like I don't know that being proud of your child has to come at the expense of other people's feelings. There's ways to celebrate that are 
also showing your child how to be thoughtful about the realities facing their peer group and their friends and people that they care about. And so how can we thread that needle? And if they have close friends that know their process, that's great. You want to have them come over for dinner and celebrate. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. You want to wait till everybody's heard from back from all of their schools and the dust has settled a little bit. And, you know, Mm -hmm. in a month and a half from now, two months from now, Mm -hmm. they want to wear that sweatshirt. Okay. No big deal. But not like the day after. Well, it's, it's, it's part of being, especially when you go to, you know, the schools that we worked at are pretty small communities, Mm -hmm. right? I think when you're working in a small community like that, you know, those people are really, they're known to you. It's not like some rando person. Like these are people who are in community with you and who have been in community for the last four or eight or even more years than that, right? So it's just being a good citizen. And I think even in larger public schools or just larger private schools where there maybe is more anonymity and not everybody knows everybody everybody, so well it's still a good practice to consider to ask yourself what would be a thoughtful way to celebrate that what honors the hard work Mm -hmm. um and celebrate that begs the question of what are we celebrating are you celebrating that they got into x college are you celebrating all of the effort that they put in over the years that positioned themselves Mm -hmm. to be ready to get into a certain kind of school yes and i hope you also celebrate all the people who helped your kid get there Hell yeah. (laughs) Better make your kid write some thank you notes. Yep. Exactly. I mean. Yep. Exactly. People who wrote a letter of recommendation from your child. And we're just talking like ask, you know, hopefully your child already understands this. But if not, this could be one of those nice parenting moments of just a reminder to them that it took a lot of people to support them to To that moment. Yep. And it's not even the people like, yes, absolutely. the, The teachers who wrote your letters of recommendation. Absolutely. Your college counselor. But also like your coach and yeah. the people who helped you become the person that you are today, your yeah. pastor, your whoever, whoever that person is. is, right? Yeah. Your mentors. Your favorite teacher from sixth grade. Totally. The registrar who sent you all those transcripts at the 11th hour, <laughs> you know, all of those people. Yep. I, I just want to, we're almost out of time, but I want to add a couple of, of practical, not that what we have, we've been talking about isn't practical, but I wanted to add a couple of practical notes at the very end, which is like, what actually, okay, so let's say mm-hmm. my kid goes and they actually are miserable and they're very unhappy. Yeah. Like, what are some practical things to consider if truly at the end of the day, your kid feels like they ended up at a place that uh, isn't it's not the right, the right fit for them? Sure. Good question. So I think the first thing is the solution to that isn't necessarily like getting an apartment down the street from the college. Ooh. <laughs> because you know what? When I worked at when I worked at USC, I think you might have been working there too. I had a parent ask me when we were talking about at a admitted student event if parents were allowed to live in, in like student house dorms. Yeah. Were allowed to live in it. If they got an apartment, if they chose an apartment as the option, if the parent could live in the apartment oh. with the child. <laughs> I was Ooh. like, uh, no. no. Negative. <laughs> Sorry. Negative ghostwriter. Side note. Um, Side note. <laughs> I think this would go back to re-listen to our episode with Christina on red flags, because there's a difference in my mind between a student who is in a period of adjustment and is encountering normal uh, growing pains, growing pains and feelings, homesickness, sadness, yep, the anxiety of uncertainty of a new environment, new people, you know, yeah. who am I eating dinner with? That's, that's going to be normal stuff that comes up in college. Yep. 
And there's a difference between that and somehow I am, my mental health is truly suffering long-term. So I think I wouldn't immediate, I would be watchful. I try to brainstorm with them on resources to help them feel more connected to community um, because often they can feel lonely or isolated. What would be helpful? Would it be helpful if we FaceTimed every Tuesday morning? Would it be helpful for you to, let's look online and let's have you go talk to someone at the counseling center or let's have you meet with your academic advisor a little bit more frequently. I would try some intervention strategies first. So I wouldn't just immediately go to, we have to get you out of that school. Yep. You're not happy. We have to transfer. We have to find a new place for you Yep. where you're going to be happy because, you know, those problems follow you. Um, I actually talked to a student who's transferred from four different schools. Oh, interesting. Recently. And none of them fit, huh? I don't think it was the schools. You don't think so? No. Hmm. After our conversation. What's the common denominator? Yeah. Right. Right. So in our, I, I think that the, it can, we, it's a wrongheaded approach always to, to say yeah, yeah. like, you know, the school's it's the problem, the, the school. schools. It's the school. Yeah. Right? Like after four schools. Now, are there sometimes, <laughs> having said that, I think there are times where it makes sense for students where it's appropriate. to transfer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, absolutely. let's say, for example, you're recognizing, let's say your child is encountering like a more mental, more of a serious issue with regards to their mental health. And it may just be in their best interest to be closer to home or, right. They have a really profound change in interest, and all of a sudden they want to major in something that the school they go to no longer offers. Yeah, right. That's a great reason to go to a new college. Yep. Um, or they decided to pick the school close to home because at 17 and 18, they didn't quite feel like they could stretch their wings, but they realize, you know, at 20 that they're ready to like fly the nest a little more yep. and they want to go somewhere on the East Coast, you know, for example. So I think that there are instances where transferring colleges does make sense but like everything it's it we don't want to make these decisions impulsively or without investigating the root causes for the feelings that are driving the idea to move schools mm-hmm. 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 yeah and i i actually oftentimes to comfort students who feel like oh my god this is going to be horrible and this is the rest of my life and i'm like you're not trapped just so you know like oh i just want you to know that this is not this is no. This is not a binding contract. This isn't permanent, unless it's yeah, to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So reminding yeah. students, like, there are options for you, honey. Like, we can talk if you're miserable after a year or two. Like, we'll talk about transferring, right? But like, just giving students that reassurance, I think, is nice because some of them feel like because so much energy has been put into this process, they feel like, oh my god, this is the rest of my life, yeah. <laughs> right? Like their mindset around it is like, just so you know, this is and. And I oftentimes remind students, like, it's just a chapter, right? And there is more life. After there's a lot or of when life you ahead of you. College. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is just a chapter, you know? And if you want to change that chapter and turn the page, we can do that. That's okay, honey. You know, like, I love to reassure students of that because I think they get lost into, in this idea that it's, it's permanent because we put too much energy into it, you know? So when you said turn the page, turn, um, yes, both the, both Total Eclipse of the Heart and the Bob Seger song stuck in my head. I was like, turn around. Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> yeah, it's a, you know, it's good to give some perspective, like just to zoom out a little bit for kids. I feel like what we're kind of saying in multiple ways is the idea that you would put any of your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Is just unwise, but also not necessary. It's not necessary. 
it's just not necessary. And we've worked with a lot of kids who have transferred and who are who are very happy. And we've worked with a lot of kids who decided not to transfer and who are very happy. I have to say, I know very few young adults who graduated from their undergraduate institutions and were very miserable the entire time. That's not been my experience. So if that's a worry of yours, I think it's probably it's mostly unfounded. I don't I don't see that happening very often. No, I think it's important to just again have those conversations in advance of wherever your child is going about resources, support systems once they're in school. And especially if you are, you know, let's say in high school, your kid was a pretty happy-go-lucky kid and they had everything figured out. They're stepping into an unfamiliar environment. It's not going to be the same. Oh, no. They will have anxious moments. They will have sad moments. They will have... And because they're still in adolescence, they're going to regress. And sometimes they're going to call you in a panic and like, you need to come pick me up right now. (laughs) It was so funny. I was just having this conversation. Not It was with a, a student thinking about going to a summer program. They're not in the college process yet. They want to look internationally. And now that we're getting closer and closer to actually deciding, uh, they are they were so excited about some of these programs and so enthusiastic. And then I talked to them this week and they didn't want to apply anymore. Mm. So they didn't even go through the app. They like didn't want to apply. And we sort of dug in and it was a lot of just the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And what if it's scary? And what if nobody, it was just, a half an hour of this child unloading all of the what ifs that they had been keeping inside mm-hmm. and us going through that and mm-hmm. saying, okay, well, what, what if, if, what if, what if the first day you're there, nobody eats with you? What, what if, what What's if that happened? Happen? That could happen. Yep. And then rather what? than pretend that that's not going to happen ever. Right. It could happen. How would we move through that? Mm-hmm. And then they were so cute. They're like, but could I call you? you can call me yes (laughs) I love that it was so sweet so I think that's also like let remind your kids that you know they can call you they can call their godparent they're that they they're not marooned on this college Mm -hmm. island never to connect with their old community ever again (laughs) yeah yeah and you know it reminds me of my own college, I don't know, maybe we'll share our own little personal stories of transitioning to USC since we both went to USC Mm -hmm. for undergrad. And when I, my first impression of USC, this is really, I couldn't wait to get out of my, I was one of those kids who was like done with high school, Mm -hmm. like junior, Mm -hmm. like I was Mm -hmm. like over high school. I was like, I'm over it. I'm ready to be an adult. I want to be free. I want freedom. And I finally got my freedom and I got to USC and I was like, there are so many white people here. (laughs) That was my first impression of USC. <laughs> and I went to a school that did not have a lot of white people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is unusual, but common in California. Yeah. Actually, not that uncommon. Lots of Asians, lots of Latinos, but yeah. not <laughs> a lot of white people. And when I went to college, I was like, what are, what, who are all of these white people? <laughs> I thought, from? I've seen them on TV, like Beverly Hills 90210. They have white people, but this is not Beverly Hills. There's white people here too. So I was like, <laughs> so. culture shock. Total culture shock and just like I was pretty. I had lots of friends, and I wouldn't say I was popular, but I had lots of friends in high school, and I felt like normal, and I did not yeah, feel normal. Yeah, yeah. I went to college, and I was like, I'm not normal. I stand out here. It was the first experience, even though I am a minority. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm. I. I. I was like, what? What? What's happening? But and you that didn't was grow really, up in a white majority culture. No, I didn't, and it totally. Yeah. Totally threw me for a loop. And I remember that my first semester, like I went home every weekend 
I just did not want to be at school, even though I like really couldn't wait to get out of like, my house. I'm pretty sure you didn't want to be at home. No, I didn't want to be at home. No, I went home every weekend and my my cousin would see me and she would be like, you look the saddest I've ever Aww. seen you in your life. Because I'm like a very upbeat. You are. Like, you know, if I was a, a Winnie the Pooh character, I'd be Winnie the Pooh and Tigger combined into one. That's me. <laughs> a little more Tigger. A little more Tigger. She has a certain bounce to her, friends. <laughs> I eat like Winnie the Pooh, though. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, I was, I'm just putting it out there to be like, your kids are going to not – it's not its not a perfect road, right? It's not mm-hmm. going to be mm-hmm. easy. And it was really hard. But I, I figured it out. How about you, Meredith? What was your experience like? Well, I was different because – so I – It's more familiar to you. My – yeah, so my father is a professor at USC, and so that, you know, financially was a big incentive for me to Absolutely. go because he had worked there for a long time, and there's a great program there for tuition remission. So that kind of made up my mind for me. Uh, so I had grown up kind of going there. Mm-hmm. It's from known. It was sort of more known, and then my older brother was there. So it felt, and then shortly thereafter, my youngest stepsister was there. So I, I think I didn't feel the same shock in that in the way that you're describing. I I was so eager to leave high school. I felt um I don't know, this is so long ago. I'm like, what did I feel when I was going? I felt really excited. Like for me, USC was so positive. Yeah. And I really liked it pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. And I think I found like a really good group of friends mm-hmm. pretty quickly. And I just felt like my world opened up in a really powerful way. But I think a better story is when I was applying to graduate school. And I like to tell this story because I think it's a good reason. It's just a good reminder to folks. So I I went to George Washington University because I love DC and I love the school counseling program. And I was paying for grad school myself. They gave me scholarship, which is unusual for master's students. And well, they did because you're amazing. Well, thank you. Just saying. But I also got into some Ivy League universities and that were well known for what I wanted to study. And people were really like kind of mystified as to why I didn't go there instead of where I went. You know, it's like just assuming that I would go, I would pick a school based on selectivity. Mm -hmm. And when I went to... I mean, sorry to diss your alma mater, but when I went to Harvard on their admitted students day, <laughs> whatever, Meredith, <laughs> I <laughs> loved the program. I was like, whoa, because like the seminal thinkers in education are like literally like A, still alive and B, like working at Harvard. Um, I was like, whoa, that's cool. Like just these amazing developmental theorists. However, I hated it. I hated it. I was like, this is not this is not like no one is warm. No one is nice. No one says hi. And <laughs> that is my experience. Kathy had a very lovely, wonderful experience. People were very warm and nice. So <laughs> we just under- had lunch with this, one of my friends from grad yes, school who was also warm was and nice. lovely. So this underscores that two people can experience the same place in different ways. And that that was sort of a gut reason, because if I had done the pros cons analysis, like yeah, you would have money like but Harvard might have won the day. Right. Columbia yeah. might have won the day. But. My gut was like, you really love D.C. and you just felt good when you were there. Like, girl, do it. And I did. I don't regret it. Good for you. Oh, I love telling that story because I love puncturing that whole mythology. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't puncture in mythology. That's right. I'll do it for us. (laughs) 
I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a good Chinese daughter. I couldn't. There's no option. <laughs> there's no, there's, no. there's no saying no to Hargreaves where I come from. Gave me a lot of street cred in my family too. So it you was know. the, it was the right fit for you at that time. Absolutely. And that's, you know, right. and it, it was, wasn't the right fit for me at that time. Right. And it was only program. Like I actually only applied, applied to Harvard because that was the only program that I felt like I researched like you, it extensively. Was, I mean, it is a really amazing program. And I researched extensively and for what I wanted and needed, it was really the only program that I felt fit. And I was like, and if I, if I don't get in, I won't go. Yeah. That's how I felt about it. But anyways, anyways. we digress. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our episode yeah i mean if you are in that process if your child is waiting to receive news or has just received news just a lot of like empathy for that time it's mm-hmm. a str- it can be a stressful time yeah so and many feelings just know that yeah know that the wavelengths will settle the the it'll even out soon and yep. you know time does also help this one a lot time helps tremendously because yeah. we've watched so many kids go through the process and families go through the process and we've seen a lot of kids who were not happy with their choice, like their their options, turn out to be like end oh, up end up being really extremely happy. Totally right. And we've seen kids who absolutely were psyched about their first choice, not being so psyched. Yeah, calling us to transfer. Yeah, it goes both ways. So you know, just be in the moment with it and ride the waves with your kids because I think that's kind of what it is, right? It's kind of and take some time in this month to do things that have nothing to do with the college process. Yeah. I say that too in my blog post. Go have fun. Go, go watch a movie. Go go on an adventure. Do something yeah. unusual, fun, different for your family that has nothing that to do with the college process. nothing to do with the college process and no one asking anyone about the college process. Yep. Agree. Amazing. Amazing. All right, folks. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You. If you like what you're hearing and you have friends with teenagers, please share it with one of them. You can check out this episode and others on our website, wespeakteen.com. And we want to know what you want to know. So if you have questions or hot topics that you want us to cover, email us at hello at wespeakteen.com.